I forgot to hit the button. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Shield Breaker Society. As always, it's your host, Mitch. And one of these times, I'm going to remember to hit the buttons in the right order at the start. Uh, today is not that fucking day, though. And I am joined by two amazing leaders in the Airsoft community. Uh, really good to get both you guys on here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself on this side? There's two mics. You'll figure them out real shortly. So I can't introduce them as Mike and Mike. Uh, why don't you go ahead? I'm Mike Mascot, uh, Call Sign Magic from Light Fighters. I'm Michael Bright, Bacon from the Direwolves. That's right, guys. You're hearing here arguably the first ever recording of two Nightfall Commanders in the same room prior to game. I don't think I've ever heard this before. We did it a couple years ago. Yeah? yeah. Never mind. Sorry. I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> first here. Yeah. We're the first ones ever doing it by the second traveling podcast. Um, anyways, guys. Really just wanted to get these two great members of the community out to talk a little bit about what's going to be going on here at Nightfall this year. Um, we're not going to be doing too much focusing on game plans and stuff like that because I know both of you are very smart and you're going to allude to everything and give each other backwards information. Um, but I really want to focus on just what the general mindset of the community is going to be this year. Um, but I guess kind of before we jump into it a little bit... Um, like ma- magic. I'm going to have to go by magic and bacon or else I'm going to keep getting this, uh, everyone confused. Um, how much commanding experience do you have before this? Uh, other than my team, uh, Deadfall, uh, 2IC last year, um, Operation Snowman this year, um, and then some private events that uh, we threw ourselves with a few other teams. Yeah, so you were my 2IC for Deadfall, um, and which you did a phenomenal job for. Uh, so for me personally, as being a probationary member of uh, Force Recon, it's great to see you being out there because I've, I've seen kind of what you can do. Haven't se- I didn't see it at Operation Snowman, but I've also seen a lot of how you run your team and whatnot. So it would be great to see that uh that attitude out on the field, as well as what you bring to the field with your team. Obviously, I suck life fighter dick every time I talk about you guys. But um, I've seen kind of the way that you run your team, and so it'll be interesting to see how that compares to what Bacon's going to be bringing the table, uh, bringing to the table, which is a great time to jump over and ask you, Bacon, about your experience. So this is my third nightfall now. I've done Daybreak a couple times, um, a few other events. I've done quite a bit with Blackline. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah you... Was last year your first time commanding Nightfall, or was there two? It was my second time. It was your second time. Yeah. Um, and then Daybreak as well, we kind of pseudo-commanded against each other. Yeah, the, the first Daybreak, I was our RTO and then kind of took over partway through. Yeah. We were against each other. Which is incredible that uh, somehow I pulled out a tie on that. Uh, I would love to disagree with the rulings, but I'm also part of that team now. So I can't, I can't say anything negative about that event anymore. Um, not that I would have. It was a great event. It was a good uh, event. It was a good event. Yeah. That f- Barry Paintball is a pretty fun field. Yeah, it's a there's a lot of a lot of cover, a lot of terrain. Yeah, I interesting. I think Daybreak's the only game that I've ever played there, and I don't think there's a lot of actual bigger airsoft events that are hosted there. Um, I think Wasega just kind of eats up all of the Milsim world around there. Um, yeah, so you also have quite a lot of vast experience in the Blackline community. Uh, why don't yeah. you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? So I've been playing Blackline for uh, five or so years now. Um, I've commanded a couple task forces. Um, I've done, like, um, I started out as a talk, so what we call CP at Nightfall, yeah. doing comms and stuff like that. Um, I helped Sean sometimes with game planning and um, with training. We just ran, um, well, just a few months ago, we ran urban surveillance in Mississauga. Um, that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm involved in a lot of stuff there. Um obviously we've kind of commanded against each other. I've commanded with Mike and Mike and I are somewhat, or sorry, magic. I'm going to be doing that a lot. Uh, Magic and I are kind of coming from a similar standpoint where we're team leaders and then larger members of the community without necessarily the same um, knowledge background that you might have in the commanding world and stuff like that. Um, how do you think it compares? Like when you break down all this knowledge uh, of the black line stuff and you try and bring it to a game like Nightfall, how does it compare? Like how does it work with the general community? It's radically different. So black line is um, 
the community is is much more uh, into milsim, mm-hmm. uh, much more serious. There's a lot of planning goes into it. Typically, a couple months in advance, we're planning. There's whole written documents and plans that go into it. And the players that you have, if you assign them a task, they're going to do that task regardless. Yeah. Um, and the missions are very different. It's not, you know, Nightfall is very free-flowing in comparison. Blackline is very specific objectives and limitations and stuff. Um, I find um, what really helped me with Nightfall was managing in retail for years. It's much more like managing than, mm. than the commanding in Blackline is. Yeah. It's a lot of reactive stuff, and it's a lot of trying to figure out how to motivate people to, to do the stuff that you've done. Yeah. Um, one of the observations I've had is that, like, when guys come in, some guys get in command at nightfall type events, and they're like, I'm in command, I'm the general, you will listen to me. That's never going to work. Um, one of our, players, our good friend, Brian Malcolm and I had our first interaction yeah. that way at, uh, what was that, New Dawn? No. Some other game. He came in as command, it was the exact same kind of thing. He came in being like, I'm command of this game. And I was like... I don't care. I'm drunk, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so this that was doesn't before the game started. That doesn't work in that in that kind of environment, unfortunately. So it's much more about developing relationships with people yeah. and leveraging that and trying to find stuff that people enjoy and mm-hmm. keeping them happy and and you know motivating them as much as you can. Um, my buddy Jeremy, like he he likes to say that you know those games, all the players and all the teams have the fuck you option where they're they're just going to do whatever comes to mind. You're going to experience that magic this year. Um, regardless of what you do going in. Oh, I yeah. learned that the hard way the first time. Um, people are just going to do what they're going to do, right? So yeah. so obviously, you, you've kind of pointed out, but you definitely have to wildly change your mindset as a command going into it. But what parts of that other experience do you bring over into Nightfall? Like obviously, there's got to be some, some parts of that black line knowledge and your ELR stuff that we'll get into more that does transfer. So there's a few things that transfer that maybe aren't conscious. So I... Um, I have players right now who are losing their mind because I haven't told them what's what's happening yet because I don't start releasing my plans and assignments until about a month out. So like in the next couple of days, guys are going to be like, hey, here's your platoons, here's what you're going to be doing, here's your objectives. Um, and that's a holdover from like the secrecy element of Blackline. Yep. Um, a lot of Blackline is thinking on your feet and being reorganized and keeping a lot of information organized in your head. And, and Nightfall is much the same. I mean, it's a different environment, but you're still trying to keep track of a lot of stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, I actually... Part of motivation for doing uh, Nightfall was because it's such a complex and chaotic environment sometimes that it really helps you build on being cool and and staying calm and keeping a lot of stuff organized in your head. And that actually helps with the black line stuff. It makes it easier because those events are more controlled. So mm-hmm. it's easier for me because I only have a few different elements there as opposed to a whole pile of stuff happening in Nightfall. Yeah, perfect. Uh, kind of back over to Magic on that. So with your... Your experience, do you, have you played any black line events or anything? Deadfall is kind of your most milsim thing that you've done. Yeah, Deadfall would be, yeah. Uh, no black line yet, no. Soon. 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 I've been uh, telling guys, I'm like, I, I think this guy might be one of us. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then that's one of the biggest things, too, that uh, is going to, I think the community is going to love about this year's event is we're going into it with two commanders that have the same mindset of what the community should be. Um, a lot of years it it can turn into somewhat of a pissing contest, even if it doesn't completely on the surface. There's always some kind of back back alley politics and whatnot, whereas the two of you have been actively working in the community to grow the entire sport um, and coming into it with a, with a mindset of not letting the bullshit kind of take over. Um, but getting back into you, Magic, how many members are on the Light Fighters or on your team? Uh, patch members, there's 21 of us. So that's, I mean, that's still quite a large number of people to, to manage. Definitely. Um, and then there's a the whole prospect force True. on top of that. It takes two years to get a patch with us. So on top of that, though, also with you having and running Action Air, that also brings like a certain element of, I guess, like understanding of how to herd people. I mean, you're, you're running around with walk-ons trying to get them to do proper stuff, running events with them. So I guess I'm just kind of wondering like what you think about your experience that you're going to bring to nightfall um, that maybe opposes bacon or that, that you think is really going to benefit you. Well, it's like you said, action air and my other job, um, I manage a team. Uh, we have a, you know, a task deadlines, uh, a lot involved. So keeping organized and keeping people engaged is just, two of my major things that I do on a daily basis. So from work to AAC to on the field, it's just one smooth transition from my job to, to my other job to mm-hmm. playing airsoft. Yeah, that's I've always found the biggest thing about 
commanding games like um, like Nightfall and Daybreak and stuff like that. The biggest thing that I've always found helping that helped me is finding other leaders inside the community on your team. So, so Magic, you're for Bravo, uh, Bacon, you're for Alpha again. I've always found the biggest thing that, to keep the larger groups of people engaged is to find members that are kind of even at least think they're the big shots in the community and give them a few jobs, and then that will help drastically keep their force involved in some sense. 100% agree. Like, PLs at Nightfall are very important. Mm -hmm. They're who you lean on to make sure that everybody's doing what they need to do. Uh, They'll bring problems up to you that you can, you know, maybe solve and help turn the tide of the game and, and make sure everybody's enjoying themselves. Yeah. And the other big thing about this year, um, and obviously you guys are big members of the community, but it's good that this year when it comes to sign up and stuff like that, it's not a pageant or a, what's the word? It's not like a popularity contest. People aren't signing up as much. Like obviously you have a core group of guys that follow you and um, Bacon, you have a core group of follow you, but at, it really does seem that this year when people were signing up, they were being like, oh, I like the way that this guy plays. Oh, I like the way that this guy plays. It wasn't just, oh, I know this person from this event here, blah, 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 or this person's podcast. Like half the half the people that have followed me into games are either just guys that I've been playing with for years and got to know all the top teams or whatever, or people that listen to my podcast and they hear the name and they just sign up, right? And that's that's the main reason why I've been relatively successful with the commanding when it comes to what you guys are actually doing out there on the field. I'm really glad that I never had to do that. <laughs> like, because you have, you both have such a knowledge and such an understanding of, of like getting people going. Like I can motivate people on the field. I can motivate people from sleeping in their car to get there on the field. But when it comes to the actual organization that you guys are bringing to the table, it's, it's going to be great to see as a game host. Looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially once I get my two IC back from, uh, Alpha. <laughs> so I haven't had a chance. I really should have before here. I haven't had a chance to uh, stay up to date on those video those videos you guys are posting. Why don't fill me in a little bit on that? Since and I'm completely cold on it. I've only seen like the first couple seconds. Well, so the, the first video was um, somebody, uh, you know, who can say who, um, snatched uh, Magic's two IC from uh, here out behind Action Air a week ago. I guess you're probably pretty anxious to find out who that was and where he is, eh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely uh, looking into it real hard, for sure. So when something like that uh, happens, and with it being obviously kind of, like, publicized, is, is there an element of the two ICs, like, playing along and not being in contact, or is this just kind of all across the board just a joke? It's just a joke. It's just, okay. <laughs> Please okay. don't take it seriously. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Obviously, we don't think that he's kidnapped somewhere, but I didn't know if maybe there was, like, an element of him just not responding to your texts or something like that. Uh, no, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he, he is tied up somewhere, I would imagine. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Sorry, Ski. Yeah, We're coming for you. That's, uh, that's such a good part of this, too. Like, one, it adds a really good sense of camaraderie, and also as like a source of entertainment that the community is not going to get uh, at other events. Um, and and being able to have that kind of like joking aspect behind such a big event, because at the end of the day, Nightfall does is one of the biggest airsoft events in Ontario. It sells out almost instantly. Um, even, you know, it, it's a it's a blessing and a curse, but it's one of those things where not all teams that want to get in, get in. And we are starting to see a really good rotation of teams. Um, I've been a big advocate of saying, if you're not having fun at an event anymore, leave it for other people to get in on. And this is actually the first year that we are seeing that. We did have some teams that were fairly open about how they didn't enjoy the event anymore, which is always, that's always going to hurt to hear. But on the same hand, it's really good because it opens up these spots for these new teams that are getting in. Like, I've seen name team names that I've never seen before. And obviously, I assume you guys are seeing your fair share of new players. Yeah. Oh unless yeah, unless sure. you have teams signing up as fake names to hide names from each other. That, so that I, is I've heard that that's happened. Yeah, I, so have I. But, I. but I would like to disavow, quite seriously, any knowledge of that. I'm like going through my list. I'm like, who that is this? <laughs> so, we'll uh, I'm we'll told. I've, I found out that there are other. Like, I know who the teams are. 
Well, so once I investigated it, right? But I was like, I don't know who that is. So I kind of, I had a, I had a feeling about that a couple times. Cause like I'm seeing some names and I'm like, like I know most <laughs> of the teams in this area or that go to Night Vaws. Like there's no way that that many people aren't coming back. And then as I kind of, I heard a few things here and there and, but I didn't know if it was like fully you guys playing little games or what it was, but uh, it also adds like, it adds that other kind of spec ops element of what's going on. Um, but something on our end, uh, like when registration's going on, we have we have no idea. Money comes in, name comes in, it goes in. Um, so hopefully someone out there listening uh, gets word of this and lets me know who's who because there's a lot of teams that I don't recognize. <laughs> There'll um, be some recognizable faces there for yeah. sure. I can tell you that much. Okay, okay, I'm good. Um, <laughs> kind of speaking on that, though, how is about the fact that this is probably going to be the last uh, Force Recon event at PRZ? Yeah, that's that's definitely sad. I was up there last weekend for an event. We pretty much signed up for every PRZ event this year. Yeah, a lot of teams are doing that uh, to get as many games in as they can. Now, I really do want to get Tim on to talk about uh, that. So many of us have had so many great mem- memories at uh, PRZ. Can't talk today. Um and it's just, it's one of those fields that as much as a lot of us have played it hundreds of times, I, I, I try to figure it out the one year. So I've probably only played PRZ three times in the last year. Not like, not this year, but last year I probably only played like three times, which is a slow year for most of us. Most guys play like five mil sims a year. Magic, you play 21 milsims a year there? <laughs> yeah, a little more. Yeah, yeah, we were there a lot last year, yeah. for sure. So I was trying to add it up, and I think I've been to PRZ at least 40 times in about, like, five years, let's say. So, like, I one, it's it's so far away from me. Like, it takes, like, four and a half, five hours for me to get there. So five times a year is enough for me to go to PRZ. But I've I've been a pretty big – I've been pretty open about saying, like – I want something else. Like I'm enjoying PRZ is always going to be the best field, but I, I just want to enjoy something a little bit closer, enjoy something else. And then all of a sudden you hear it's closing and your heart just drops. You're like, wow, how have I not spent more time there? Like it, you're never going to be able to explain PRZ injustice to someone that's never been there. Yep. Um, how many events do you think you've played there, Mike? Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't guess, but I mean, my first real airsoft event was at PRZ mm-hmm. and was kind of what hooked me Yeah, was playing in that place. And it's a real loss to the community that mm-hmm. it's, it's going. This will be nightfall, as far as I can tell, will be my last game at PRZ. Yeah. So that's pretty sad. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to tr- try and get get out to a couple. Um, so I'll be at uh, nightfall, but of course I'll just be doing uh, game control and I'll probably be doing quite a bit of podcasting while I'm there uh, now that everything's mobile. Excuse me. Um and I'd like to get out to Narco. Um, Narco's always been a game I've really enjoyed. And realistically, I think that will be it for me going there. And it it's kind of sad that, like, I mean, obviously I'm very happy I'm having a child. But it's terrible to find out the year that PRZ is closing down is the year that you're having a child and probably not going to get there too much. Um, but it's it's good. I just don't really know where a lot of these fields or where a lot of these milsims are going to relocate to. Uh, I'll kind of jump back and forth between you guys, but what what do you think this is going to do to the milsim community, Magic? So on that note, um, might as well make it public. We are actively looking for a CQB slash outdoor field. Um, and when you say we, who who's entailed in that? Uh, the flag behind you. Oh, yeah. So, Actionary, okay. Yeah, Actionary. You say we, and there's two of you on that side of the table. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, so I obviously we'll never be able to replace PRZ, but we're actively looking for something to transition to, would be the best word to say. Um, we want to kind of sit down and talk to all the game hosts and uh, Bacon and his sniping and and everything like that, and, and hopefully come together and get a place where we can continue this community at a, a bigger field that has, you know, more than just uh, for us, not, yeah. you know, that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that there's going to be a big hole yeah. when Piers, he's gone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I love playing in the, in the bush. Don't get me wrong. We're a bush team, but to have the, the bit of both like the CQB element and outside, is just, it's beautiful. So yeah. 
that's what we're actively looking for right now. Well, it'd be perfect to see uh, in the community. I mean, obviously, it's the the idea of PRZ closing or being told that they can't operate has been in the air for quite a while. Um, especially seeing the the expansion around them and I can't speak on it too much because I haven't had a chance to personally talk to Tim yet and I do want to have him on the show but you have to imagine if Piercy's purchase it's going to be the best move for Tim um uh, you know I hope he makes out yeah. well right? yeah. I mean he's been, he's done a great service to the community over the yeah. last however many years he's been open yeah us and the paintballers right like yeah. he's a major impact and it's certainly it's going to cause a it's going to create a huge hole in both communities to lose in yeah. the field yeah I'm agreed um, so, Bacon, what do you? How do you think it's going to affect already Millsims or existing Millsims? Do you think they're going to find new fields? Do you think a lot of things are going to collapse? Um, it's hard to say. So, I mean, the dynamics, like unless you're able to find magic, like you're able to find a comparable field, I mean, it'll change the dynamics of the events because playing in the bush again, lots of fun, yeah. but very different than playing at PRZ. Um, in many ways, more complicated or more mm-hmm. difficult in terms of long-term games if you're going to be out, you know, in a woodland environment. So, I think it'll impact what teams mm-hmm. play the events um, and it'll, it'll impact how the gameplay, yeah. you know, plays yeah. out obviously, right. Cause it'll be less CQB and more, more woods. So yeah. And I'm just even trying to think of fields that exist already that would be able to host uh, events, the same magnitude, like the, the way PRG has been set up, it, it really allows for proper Milsim in a way. Wasaga. Yeah. And so I was going to get into a saga. Obviously I've talked a lot about, Sega uh, and I love that field but on the same hand it's hard to compare it to PRC it, it's complete it's a different field it's a different field yeah. it's a it's a good field for big games mm-hmm. um, I think it would do I'd like to see Nightfall there yeah I think that'd be really cool yeah yeah um, that's a good one don't, and then don't look at me I have absolutely no information <laughs> on that topic I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw this in so my buddy Andrew doesn't shoot me later um, Magnus Woods is coming and that's gonna be a nice field so there okay. might be something was that can be set up there you haven't been Magnus, out yet. No, but was it not already a field? Was it just like more of a private? It's a right now. We've been up there a lot, helping him get set up. Oh, okay. um, but he's got insurance and stuff now, so he's getting closer to opening to the public, and it's going to be a, a very cool field. Okay, because I I had heard like I've heard lots of things about Magnus Woods. I know you were a big advocate of it, and uh, Mike Wartooth is he, yeah. he's always up there. And I just assumed it was already a field. I didn't know that no, it hasn't opened to the public yet. Nice. You guys will be invited up soon. We'll get you Perfect. up there soon. Well, you're coming. Soon, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll be I'm, there. I'm told you need to go as for an exchange of some kind up yeah. there. Is that what's happening? So I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's you know, I just want to throw it in there so Andrew doesn't hit me next time I go out there. But oh yeah. no, that's perfect. And uh, I'm sure when you know when that does get up and running, uh, if he, if he wants to get on the show, we'll get him on the show to talk about that. Yeah, he's a neat guy. Mm. Yeah. The where is Magnus Woods? It's up near Newmarket, so it's oh, about okay. 40 minutes from downtown Toronto. So it's it's a good. There's a lot of potential for airsoft in low like. Local Ontario, like, like yeah. Toronto is pretty close to everyone comparatively. So, like, it's always been kind of hard for being down in Niagara. Like, Niagara's great for walk on airsoft, but there's not an awful lot of Milsim. I'd like to try and, likely not this year, but maybe sometime early next year, I want to kind of try and run a Milsim at DMZ. Have, you, have either of you ever played walk on there? Once. So, um, DMZ is great sponsor of the show. And, it's it's not set up in a way that would allow for like a, a big scale milsim, but I think there would be potential to do like a capped fifty on fifty objective based milsim. Um, and I just I want to try and bring something down to Niagara because Niagara does a great job of sending players everywhere. I think it it's got to have one of the highest capped of milsim players around, but there's not anything down there. Um, but the hard part about being down there is it's. Every Milsim is so far away. Um, the benefit of that is now that borders are reopening, it's very close to get down south to games over the border. So, looking th- forward to it. Yeah, that'll be yeah. that'll be one of the big areas when I start expanding the podcast. It will be down like stateside events and stuff like that. So, when you are in a position to start traveling down to the U.S. frequently, the event that you need to go to is um, Cobra Airsoft Legions uh, Blast Camp uh, Conflicts. Is that the one? That's the one we go to. Yeah, and you'd love the Cobra guys. Yeah. So I've now is that the one that's hosted on like the little block? It's like a, it's, it's hosted on on the surface control section of an old Nike nuclear missile base. Oh, okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Right? And it's like it's five hundred players. It's run. It's similar to Nightfall, but the scheduling is a little different. Mm-hmm. But like 
you and the and and like tweeting stuff that the guys tweeting Gary that run Cobra Legion, you guys are like brothers. You guys would gel instantly. Well, maybe I'll have to send this link over to them and tell yeah. them I'm going to get down there. Um, and the other thing I just love about events down there is everyone loves Canadians. Everyone just loves you. So, yep. um, yeah, for, for anybody listening that might already be international or anything like that, the next step of the show is to start going down south. Um, the events down there seem to be a lot more actual milsim. Like, there's not... A, you know, Nightfall is an amazing experience, but comparatively, we just we can't do the same stuff here in Canada. We don't have the same facilities, and especially once we lose uh, PRZ, it's it's going to be even harder until Magic here finds something amazing. Uh, were you involved in Airsoft when the college was around? No, I just missed it. Ah, such a good feel. The play there once. Yeah, that was amazing. The guys I roll with. They ran games there a lot. Yeah, like that was their field. Yeah, that uh, college was incredible, and I'm I'm really surprised that we haven't found more things like that. I don't know if it's because there's just not enough money looking for it. Like if there's not actual businesses and stuff like that looking for the fields. Um, but like I, I see things around all the time. Like even like around like Welland or downtown Niagara, I'll see like these like empty warehouses, and I'm like, hmm. Or if I could rent that out for a couple days. Just send me the info. When you yeah. got, if you guys are out there and you find something, send it directly to me because okay. we are actively looking. Um, now, I guess it's kind of like a good time to jump over to a little bit of what you guys are doing in the community. And then we'll, a little bit after the, uh, the Frago and the um, sponsors, we'll get back into what each of you really want to see from Nightfall this year uh, and what, what you think is going to make it so much different. Uh, but... Bacon, I know you're working on a lot of shit, uh, doing a lot of big things in the community. Uh, let everyone know. Okay, so yeah, I've got a lot of different things going on. So I'm going to start off with um, not something something I'm not doing, but one of my friends, Marcia, is working on that you're going to like. So she wants to start an airsoft tactical challenge, which is basically would be like there'll be different stations, and you'll go to a station, you'll pick up something very heavy and run it down a course run it back, put it down, shoot some targets, pick it up, run it to another position. That's what it does. We're kind of working on we a little bit. Practicing. We were running one of the sections a couple weekends ago. Um, so she's interested in getting that up and running, hopefully towards the end of this year. Um, so that's coming. Um, obviously, I've been working on the, uh, the Airsoft Canada Sniper Certification Program. We've completely redesigned the course. We've added a new level to it. Nice. Um, we brought a, an actual sniper in to assist with that. Um, everything is very heavily documented now. Like, <laughs> just just to clarify, when you say you brought an actual sniper, we have a guy who's a, a guy who is a sniper, who is a who, who like <laughs> okay. yeah, who is for real a sniper. Yeah, like Working we brought in an actual <laughs> firearm. It's yeah. a great no, no, force uh, now, and it's a guy with that does that. For yeah. Um, so we've uh, we've upgraded a lot of stuff. Um, we've had a lot of new content. There's a new level. Um, we rolled out the first complete level two of the new level two this past weekend, and it went really well. Um, we have another level two coming up uh, next month on, I have to look because I have so many dates in my head, I can no longer remember. June 18th. June 18th, yeah. Ooh. I got gotcha. you. He's been spying on you because yep. he's commanding against you. <laughs> yeah. you know, he knows where you are. No, it's because yeah. I was invited. <laughs> so we've got that going on. Um, and then I've got hunting running again this year, which is the sniper versus sniper competition. Yep. Um, June 4th and 5th, we're doing hunting training. At ALR. So uh, for those who don't know, hunt hearing is a 24-hour uh, competition. Once you're in the field, you're not allowed to leave. You have to live out of your pack. Um, you have very limited ammo, so it's not a gunfight game. It's a game of stealth. Um, basically, you have to, every uh, hunt here has a control point, and you have to find all the other hunt control points while avoiding being shot by them over the course of 24 hours. And so a lot of guys hear that and they're like, that sounds really cool, but I've never done land navigation and I've never been out on my own in the woods overnight. No. Um, so the training session is going to cover land nav, um, how to camp, minimalist camp overnight in that kind of environment, what kind of gear to bring, how to pack it, stuff like that. So if people are interested, this gives them an opportunity to pick up the basic skills yeah. before the event. Now, so just before you move on a little bit from your sniper cert and stuff like that, um, what is it about your course that sets it aside, sets it apart from just being some guys talking about airsoft? Like, what is it that increases the odds of safety at events by taking your course? So the, the main objective objection I had to the older course was that the way 
range estimation was taught was really you were teaching guys to guess with some degree of accuracy. Um, and really, the, the range is required for safety because there's minimum engagement distances, right? You want to make sure that someone is not shooting somebody too close with a yeah. high-velocity rifle because that sucks, right? So we teach guys how to use mills in their scopes to estimate range to within the meter um, very accurately. And then we teach them how to apply that to a dynamic situation where they can do very quickly determine if someone is in or out of med. So that's one of the big things. Um, we have um, a lot more accurate and technical information on how to build ghillies, how to conduct stocks. Right. And then as we go through the level, so level two basically qualifies you to play safely in the sniper role and teaches you some of the basic skills. And for a lot of guys, it's probably all they're going to need for what they're doing. And they can take that away and work on the skills themselves. Level three teaches you more about how to play in that role with other people, so how to work in teams as snipers and some more of the tactics and stuff. Um, and then the new level four is how to command a sniper unit. So you have a group of snipers, how you plan missions, how you operate, all that kind of stuff. It is a lot of information. Um, you know, level four will be less less guys participating in that because there's only so many guys in the community that, that want to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it'll be important because, you know, at Milsims, uh, it'll give guys a much greater ability to command yeah, and plan. And, right? and like you had said, you're bringing in people with actual military knowledge. Yeah, I mean, like so like there's six current cadre and three of them are current or former military, mm-hmm. two are combat vets. Right. Right. So it's, you know, they're people you're, with a lot of real knowledge. When you're signing up to these events, you're you're not just going to be taught by guys that have watched enough YouTube to say they know how to do it. So um and the other part about it is it's an entire experience. It's a lot of like what some of these like what a lot of the black line stuff is, is yeah, you're learning to play airsoft, but you're kind of having a real world twist on it, which is that, that kind of, that's a side of airsoft that a lot of people like. They want to have some sort of knowledge that transcends airsoft, even in the slightest. Yeah. And, and they really enjoy that part of it. Well, so the, you know, the mills part where we started to understand how mills work in the scopes to estimate range and stuff, like all that information carries over directly into real steel long range shooting because uh, Craig and me with ELR have an interest in that, you know, probably going to start to transition into um, precision 22 and eventually like, you know, 308 and stuff later on in order to bring that knowledge back into what we're doing now. So it all interconnects at that point. Perfect. Working on anything else? Um, any, any big secrets you can give us? No big secrets right now. I mean, ELR is still moving along. Uh, we're probably going to have an ELR day soon for our customers to come out and shoot and get their guns sorted out. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and obviously, we've been in the talks for a while to have a ELR-only air, uh, Airsoft episode. We really got to get Craig on here yep. um, and do some talk about that because you guys are doing some phenomenal things in the uh, in the sniping world of Airsoft. Um, yeah, I mean, we're really interested in pushing the maximum range that these guns can perform at, and not just the maximum range, but like repeatable accuracy. So what we found in the last couple of weeks um, from my point of view, is that the guns that Craig is building, and and I can't speak to the technical aspects of his the guns he builds. I'm not that competent yet. I sort of understand what he's doing, but he is the master. But they are capable of more accuracy than we are capable of shooting them at this point. Okay, which is the reverse of what's been happening in airsoft for a long time. Right. Um, so we're working on catching up with our skills to shoot these things further, hmm. uh, which is very cool because you know if you play as a sniper in airsoft, you know one of the limitations of that is often you don't have much more range or accuracy than a guy with an AEG. And so if we can change that, which is what I think is happening, that makes the role a lot more viable and a lot more interesting. Perfect. Well, that's, you know, it's great to hear uh, that there is such a good, like so much advancement going on in the airsoft world and it's happening so close to all of us. And usually when you hear about, you know, the, these big sniper things, it's always some YouTube video from somewhere across the world or something like that. So getting to experience that uh, firsthand in Ontario Airsoft is amazing. But uh, over to over to Magic, I almost called you Bacon, and then everyone would have been confused. Um, I mean, we're both big white bearded guys. This, so. is, <laughs> this, is a, this is a new podcast rule. Uh, no one with the same name on at the same time. <laughs> Anyways, Magic, what's going on? What are you working on? I guess you already kind of gave us one little... Uh, a um, little tidbit about what you're doing, but uh, well, we do have a uh, full uh, training regime coming out, but it'll be coming out in the winter. Um, it's essentially, you know, start with basics, going to movements, team movements, bounding outside, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, just stay tuned for the details coming out on that. Perfect. And something actually was, I've talked to quite a few people since I've posted about actually being here to record with you, is uh, some people want, want to know information on what you do for renting out for team trainings to just come and rent it themselves. Uh, can you run through what's available for that? 
So other than our walk-on times, uh, we offer four-hour slots or double slots. We have lots of teams that come in. And uh, evenings during the week, um, Thursday nights every the first two Thursday nights of the week are team training nights. And, uh, you just basically got to hit us up on email or give the uh, store a call and we'll line you up. And if you, if you want to do, uh, like a one-on-one force on force with another team, I can provide that as well too. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, That's great information to have. I've been meaning to um, send a couple of people your way actually. Um, and I was on the way here talking to a team. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it out loud in case the field they usually rent out gets mad, um, at them. But uh, there are there are quite a few teams that have been showing quite a bit of interest in coming to use your facility. So I I assumed that that was a possibility. I just did I didn't want to full blown be like, yeah, that's definitely something they do, and then get on the air and you'd be like, no, no, we for don't. sure, anything's possible. We can definitely accommodate teams for sure. Perfect. Let's head into the Frago and talk about the sponsors, and we'll be right back. I may have lied also. We're not completely doing a Frago this week. Um, and the main reason for that is um, I forgot to post a question. <laughs> and uh, But the also the main, main reason for it, and this, this might sound a little bit selfish, is um, do you know how wild shipping costs are right now? Yeah. It is crazy. Yep. It costs almost $16 to ship a shirt. Yep. Incredible. <laughs> So um, I love you guys, but not that much. Um, and also, this will be uh, coming hot on the heels that we decide to do our first official launch of shirts and swags and whatnot because there has been quite a few people asking, and I have definitely held off on it because I didn't want to just open up a new show and then just be like, buy our shirts. I wanted to get, you know, 10 episodes under the belt, and then you guys decide if this is content you want to listen to, if it's something you feel like putting on a shirt to wear around. Um, I have almost no information on what will be available yet, but I just want to let you guys know that and say that I am sorry. Uh, we will be bringing back prize it, um, like prizes uh, for like shirts and stuff like that sometime soon. Um, but just right now, it's just not in the cards. Um, also, on to the sponsors. I need to take a deep breath. I felt so bad explaining that I'm not giving away a shirt. It hurt my, it hurt my soul. And also... The girl who won last week didn't uh, didn't message me, so you might want to talk to your friend over there. Yeah, yeah. I know she's busy host uh, thinking of airsoft events, but she might have won a competition last uh, last week. Well, I'll remind her of that. Yeah, tell her uh, say hey, go listen to the show. Um, but anyways. <laughs> Getting into the sponsors, as always, Force Recon, uh, we've been talking about them and this entire podcast is about them, but they've been amazing sponsors of the show since the very start. I uh, can't explain how thankful I am to have them. Um, they've really made everything possible, as well as the two guys that are sitting in front of me have made all the equipment we have and everything possible. So thanks, Force Recon. Uh, really looking forward to hopefully being a member by the end of this year, but uh, they also have a very stingent hiring process, I guess. So it's it's better that way. It just... Just sucks having to say I'm a Probium member all the time. Uh, moving on, we got Action Air Magic. Um, been a great, uh, an amazing sponsor. Really behind the project to the point that you've opened your doors fully to let me come record here. Um, so if you guys are hearing a lot of uh, podcasts recorded at Action Air, it's because it's just such a convenient spot to come record. Um, I know a lot of you that have wanted to get on the show before just live you know two hours away from niagara so it makes it kind of hard to do in person and i really try not to do um online anymore i just find that the in-person aspect of podcasts really perform better um so that is all thanks to action air for giving us this lovely space um we've got a great back room this is my office now i'm gonna put up a sign <laughs> uh moving on we got dmz my home field uh don't forget to check out their uh their online store, as I've said a couple times, their online store is doing incredible. I've been checking it out every now and then. I used to only shop off Hop-Up, but now I've been heading over to their store because it's so easy to navigate and check out. Uh, don't forget the uh, link for that is down in the comments section down below. Next, I feel like this list gets longer every time. It's a blessing and a curse. I love that there's so much support, but geez. Uh, Nipissing Airsoft up in the north, Big Igloo coming up. When is that again? June? July, June 18th. June 18th. Oh, 
oh, we've got some contradiction going on here. We've got some competition. There's a, there's a lot of space in the, in the summer for everything. <laughs> there isn't, but uh, they've got a major millisim coming up. Um, do you guys know if that's sold out yet? I know I talked about it in my last episode, but... I don't think it is. No? Um, Light Fighters will definitely be there, yeah. though, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so you guys... Get up to Big Igloo, try out some North Bay Airsoft, and, and like we were talking about earlier in this podcast, uh, the days of Pierre's year are coming to a close, so we're going to have to start finding other fields that we enjoy and play. So uh, get up there to Big Igloo. Andrew is an amazing uh, buddy of mine who has been a huge supporter of the show, so get in that. Next up, WI Productions. They're the host of with the Wasega Games. Um, hopefully... In the future, maybe not the only host at Wasega, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, these guys have been amazing, host great fun games, uh, just whole, just games based around fun, games that don't get too uh, worked up in the, like, too many rules that just get all mixed up and whatnot. Uh, I find that often a lot of games now try and add just so many things in that it, it, everything just kind of steps on itself, and you just can't argue with the fact that Wasega is just such an incredible field. Great field. Um, yeah. We... Bacon and I have some great stories there. We've done some cool shit. Uh, moving on, we have C- uh, Kirby Leggings Creations. They're the ones that bring us all of our great swag. So uh, later on when I'm posting about what shirts, sweaters, and whatnot we're actually bringing, that'll be all brought to you by her. She's been phenomenal for turnaround time on that stuff. Um, if anyone out there in the community is looking for stuff, the best part is no minimum orders, no nothing like that. So sure, it's fun to get team patches, but if you're a new team starting out, it's so much quicker and easier to get shirts. Coming in for that, I'll give you a great deal. Next, oh my God, the big dog, ELR Airsoft, um, here in studio talking about all the great stuff he's doing, um, running some amazing events and bringing a not only a, a, these great advancements in long-range airsoft, but also hosting incredibly knowledgeable courses to help all of us be better airsofters. And last but not least is Helius Customs, my boy Dan. Uh, he is the tech at DMZ, also running his own stuff, who has been helping me phenomenally with my guns and really giving me something to play with because I break guns all the the time and his turnaround time is amazing so get a hold of him he's actually been posting quite a bit on the um, Ontario Airsoft page now uh, just trying to find ways that he can help out in the community so he's not looking for you to come to the store to get all his knowledge and pay him he, he's really out there trying to help the community and if he can help you fix your gun at home without you even having to bring it in he's more than interested in doing that so thanks for listening to the I guess Frago without the Frago. Is this mission not complete? But we're going to get back into the show. So should I start? Should I start switching the sponsors up into like two different parts now? <laughs> Like originally when I was like, oh, I'll put it in the middle, I'll uh, say them all at once, people are already this far in. But now as I start reading all of those things, I'm just like, I would hate to have to listen to all those. Like there's there's got to be a certain point that the listeners go, okay, just and they drone through it. So I'm going to be working on a way to make it so every sponsor is engaging because I want all of you guys to you know make sure that your product placement is being the most heard instead of being fourth down on the list and people are scrolling through their phones by now. But anyways, guys, thanks for uh, sitting through that again, and I'll be working on that sometime soon, just like I told you I'd be changing the intro for seven episodes now. (laughs) So back into it, guys. The main thing that I really wanted to have the both of you on the show about, give a a second for you to kind of talk about, is what's going to make Nightfall this year different? Um, This is Nightfall 11. Uh, kind of the start to a new era of Nightfall. Um, you know, we, we got the 10 out of the way, everything was great. And now we're going into a new era of Nightfall with two great commanders. Um, I, I guess I'll start with Bacon. Like, what do you think the general attitude about it is? And what do you think is going to be different this year than other years? There seems to be a little bit of a different atmosphere going in. Can't put my finger on what that is exactly. Um, but um, I think, you know, me and Magic have talked about it a bit, and we wanted to make sure that people weren't taking it too seriously, right? Like, the idea is to have fun. It's not a competition where, like, you have to lose your mind over it, right? The idea is to have a good time, and I think we tried to be lighthearted about making fun of each other and, and doing some fun stuff and, you know, just try to set the right tone going into this game. It's, it's there to have a good time at. What about you, Magic? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, player engagement 
is is very important. We want people to you know play as long as they can, uh, keep people you know fed, uh, hydrated on the field, um, kind of not push the accountability so much to try to keep game flow happy mm-hmm. and uh, everybody having a good time, gelling you know both yeah. sides, you know calling good shot when they get shot and none of the bickering back and forth and and just trying to keep the atmosphere uh, good and people playing on the field. Like, that's very important. Yeah, like like you said about, like, the yelling good hit and stuff like that is some of the best times I've had on an airsoft field is when I'm out there in a gunfight with someone that I've never met before and I'm able to just go, hey, that's a really good hit, buddy, and then talk after, whereas in some games you do get that that kind of atmosphere of people not wanting to talk. It's we're on opposite teams. We're not buddies kind of thing. And like I've said before, a couple of years ago, the the pendulum kind of swung into a little bit of a social side or a lot of bit of a social side. And it kind of swung a little bit too far. But now it's starting to come back to a point where teams are very serious about airsoft, but also are prepared to go out there and make friends and everyone out there, you know, the, the patch doesn't exact, doesn't mean that you can't be buddies with someone else or anything like that. It's kind of at a really healthy spot where the teams are an affiliation, but everyone's out there for the health of the community. Yeah. You know, what I I like to think about, like if you and me are doing jujitsu together, right? I can't practice jujitsu by myself, nor can you. Right. So it doesn't make much sense if we're practicing together for us to hate each other because we're, yeah. competing against each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I I got a little bit of sense of that over the last couple of years when I kind of dipped into this community the first time playing Nightfall, that there was some of that kind of negativity going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad, like, we're not I'm not seeing as much of it this time, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Yeah, right. and that's a, that's a really good way to look at it. I hadn't thought of it too much like that. Like, we're all out there playing this game that if there wasn't people that also wanted to play it, we we wouldn't be able to. And, and, you know, it's one of those things is as stupid as it sounds and as overset as it sounds, like you got to be what you want in the community because the better you are as a person out there on the field, the more there's going to be people seeing that and wanting to aspire to be like that, right? You got to be a leader in the community on your, on your own right. And it doesn't matter if you're some brand new team that doesn't know anybody versus so, you know, a team that's been around for the longest time, you're the best player on the field, even though there's really no way to tell who's completely the best. Usually the best people are completely cheating. Um, but uh, there's, you've you got to be able to give, you got to be able to be an opponent that you would want to play against. So that way everyone can get better and play this game. Yeah, I think we have to remember we're not playing against each other, we're playing with each other. Yeah. Yep. Right? Well said. That's a, that's a really good. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's we can't do this with you know if we don't have the two sides. There's, yeah. there's not that. And like I said, it's a magic girl. Like I, we just we kind of just met a few months ago, really, for the first yeah. time to talk. Right. Yeah. And my sense is that we're kind of we have a lot of similar stuff. Like, yeah. how much do you like training? A lot. Right. And oh. like, how much do I like training? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Right. Do you like spend a lot of time in the woods. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So we were, I was joking. I was too bad. Like we're on opposite sides a lot this season. Yeah. But we are going to get to play together. On the same side, yeah. Later in the season, but we're playing together at this event, right? It's just we're on two different sides. Yeah, of it, exactly. Right? It's it's just like playing like you know you're playing video games against a friend, like you're playing with a friend. You're like you need to have opponents. It's a it's a style of play that is maybe competitive, but not in a sense that it has to be like what's the if, word? If you you don't have to have conflict in it, you can be competitive without having to be aggressive towards each other, right? Well, I mean, like so. I this is my third kick at the can, and I haven't won yet. Um, do you think you're going to? I don't care, to okay. be honest. Okay. Right? Like okay. I'm going to I'm going to lead my side as best I can to try to win. Yeah. Right. And I've got plans and stuff in place, and I'm definitely playing to win. Yeah. But if I don't win, yeah, I'm not going to go home and cry on my cereal. I'm not going to be angry at Magic. I'm. Yeah. It's. It is what it is. I'm. I'm way more concerned that everybody has a good time. Right. And that you know people are like, hey, I like playing for you. Right. That's more important to me than whether win or lose. Yeah. Right. And I think if you come into this and you're like. I absolutely have to win no matter what. And if I don't, man, I'm going to be just furious. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah, you right? fail from the beginning yeah. thinking like that right away. It's it's honestly like commanding a big event like this, it, it has nothing to do with Bacon or myself. It has 100% to do with the players Yeah, and their, how they're going to experience this game, you know, underneath us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all about them. 
it's all for yeah. them and all about them. And that's that's all that matters to us at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, kind of to talk what you you had said, or sorry, I think Bacon had said about like coming in saying like I got to win. Is I can kind of talk on that of I like to be pretty transparent about how I used to play airsoft on this podcast, and I definitely went into games with a lot of pride. Um, not not in a good way either. You know, I was this social figure in the in the community, and I'd go in against people, and then I I myself would like have negative feelings towards people that didn't sign up under me and that's it's terrible to say out loud but that's you know i'm not the only one that that's ever happened to kind of thing right and i just like to be uh transparent for it to i don't know personal growth and all that shit but um having that mentality going into a game not only will make the event not as fun for the people playing under you it it ruins the entire event for yourself because you're not there with the mindset of oh i'm playing a game with a friend like you would say like playing with not necessarily completely against and it takes away so much for you and that just bleeds into the guys playing underneath you so you guys bringing in an aspect of fully understanding what you're doing like you're we're three steps away from just playing sticks in the woods like we did when we were kids like it's not you know, it's not that much more. So if we're not all trying to have the same experience, no one's going to have fun. So there's, you know, with, with Nightfall, so I want to preface this by saying, I, like, I never blame the teams that, I, that play for me for whether we win or lose, mm-hmm. right? If a team didn't perform a certain way, then I, I failed to provide them the guidance required to do that, right? But, I shouldn't say but. The reality is there's only so much as a commander that you can do. Right, so you can you you want to try to do your best to make sure people are having fun, people are safe, people are involved in the game. Right, people are getting to do some of the stuff that they that they want to do to, to have a good time. Um, but it doesn't really matter how much pre planning you put into this, how much training you try to, to run. There's going to be teams at an event like this who aren't going to show up for any of it. They're not going to read anything that you that you post. They're not going to watch any videos that you post, and they're going to do whatever they're going to do on game day. And you can't control that, right? So if you understand that about the game then you start to realize that you don't have that much control mm-hmm. over how it goes, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you have some. The more organized you are, the more, uh, the more motivational you are, the, the better, yeah. right? And you can really impact how much fun people have. But the only way that you're really going to impact whether you win or lose, and this sounds shitty, but it's, I think it's the truth, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but is if you push a culture of cheating, yeah, right. That's and neither of us is doing that, right? Yeah. That's garbage. Yeah, right. And I'm not accusing anyone of doing that, but I'm saying like that's the reality of this kind of game where it's like you have 15 squads under each of us. You know, we know half them. You know, I'm sure you've had training going, but like you can't get the majority of your people out to train. No, right. No. And I had kids last year. Like the game started last year, and these two kids walked by me wearing multicam in my spawn. And I was like, "What are you doing in my spawn? You're supposed to be over there." Oh, we're alpha. I'm like, "Why are you wearing multicam? Yeah, this is game day." Right? Oh, our, our, our SL told us it'd be okay. I mean, like, you know, how many times did FR yeah. clarify, you know, what you should be it's wearing? very specific. And then, and then I clarify multiple times what they should be wearing. And here these two kids are on game day, and they're wearing multicam. And, like, me and Jeremy, like, dress these two young dudes and argue, like, we're tying my stuff on the one kid because he's, yeah. like, a, you know, a 19-year-old skinny dude, right? I mean, that's the reality of this game, right? Um, so if you go in with this, like, I must win, you're going to have a bad time, right? Like, yeah, the whole... Like with you said, like the the culture of cheating. When it comes down to winning an airsoft game, there it's impossible to tell. Like we, as game hosts, we can say, okay, this flag was held for this period of time, and that's all we can tell you. You know, we can't tell you that the team that was holding it didn't have forty shots ricochet off, you know, their dome and didn't call it. So the aspect of winning versus losing an airsoft just isn't a thing. Yeah, and it always boggles my mind. Like, you know, you see kids like at a skirmish game not calling hits, and I'm like, I don't get it. You're not, there's no money on the line here. There's nothing on the line. You're going to get hit, you're going to walk back to your spawn. Like a, a walk-on game, right? Walk back to your spawn, touch the wall, and come back out. Why, why are you not calling your hit? Like, what is there to gain by that? Yeah, there right? is nothing to gain by that. That's going backwards. Yeah. That's literally going backwards. And now, there is one aspect of that that I kind of want to touch on is that I do find that sometimes people take the not hit calling thing to a far extreme. Uh, there is chances that people don't feel hit sometimes. Absolutely. Now there is for sure. There is blatant cheating. Uh, yeah. So I would say that the majority of the time it is it is accidental or they they weren't really hit. 
Yeah. I, what do you think? Uh, 100% agree. Yeah. Like, like, guys think that they can see the BB go all the way to the target. And as a guy who spends a lot of time on BB ballistics now, like, you can't, yeah. right? And I've seen, like, we're looking through high-power scopes, and I've seen BBs go straight, 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 and oh, curve, yeah. right? And we and, see it a lot as game hosts, too. Like, people would call out, and we're like, your BBs are nowhere close to that. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Tan talks about it all the time, you know, at Siege, mm-hmm. right? Like, where he sees, like, a kid screaming about God not calling his hit, and he's like, come to the range, and the kid's gun isn't zero, doesn't know how to zero. Like, he's not hitting anybody, yeah. right? Or it hits some piece of the, the, the kid's kit, and he doesn't even feel it, mm-hmm. right? So I think the majority of that. I think it's maybe 25% where someone is legitimately, intentionally yeah. being God mode, yeah. right? And, and, and that always sucks. But for the players that listen to stuff like this and then have just this, this inherent hate for cheaters because it does ruin the sport. You also, you have to realize that there's one is a chance that you're seeing it wrong. And two, if someone just didn't feel it bounce off them, it's okay to calmly say, Hey buddy, like I'm hitting your back or I'm hitting your side. Most of the time a player will probably be like, Oh, sorry, I didn't feel it. Like I'm off, you know? Yep. And yeah, there is the odd time that the player's going to lose it back or whatever, but you don't always have to approach issues like that of being like, call your F and hits and blah, 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 yep. blah. Like you, you can just be like, Hey, just so you know, I'm hitting your thing. You're probably, you might not be feeling it, but uh, just letting you know. Yeah. We, we honestly, we train that out. I train that out of my guys. So mm-hmm. no talking, nothing like that. No. That's it. Focus on your game. If that guy doesn't want to call it, that's the game he's playing. Move on from that position. Go around him, hit him where he's going to feel it again. Flank him, do whatever you got to do. Don't push it because we don't want to ruin that guy's game. He might already be having a bad game. That's mm-hmm. why he's doing that. So we train it right out of our guys. For yeah, sure. we, same thing. I don't want the wolves. I don't want to. I tell guys I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like shoot him more. And so at, at nightfall, what I did last year is if a kid comes up to me and he says, you know, so and so wasn't calling their hits, blah, 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 I'm like, that's your fault. You should have shot him more. Right, that's on you. Yeah. If he's not calling the hit, you keep shooting until he calls a hit. Yeah. Don't try to hurt people, but keep shooting until he calls a hit. I yeah. don't want to hear they're not calling it. You keep shooting until they call it. Mm-hmm. They'll call it eventually. Right. Yeah. If you're hitting them. Yeah. Because if you know, keep like continuing to shoot them isn't overshooting if they're not calling it. It's right. if you if you legitimately are not calling your hit, you're inviting someone to continue shooting you. Yeah. And hey, I'm pl- I'm paying to shoot people. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Right. Sure right. Sure I'll person, keep shooting yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the other problem is like. You'll you'll probably see it this year, right? Like it, you've always seen this, I'm sure. It spreads like cancer in a game. As oh. soon as someone starts saying those guys are they're cheating SOBs, they're not calling their hits. It just it ruins the entire side. Like they all get sour right away. Yeah. So as a, as a commander, like I try to stomp on that as soon as I see it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I don't want to deal with. I don't want people in that mindset. Right? That spreads like wildfire. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. one thing that I would love to not see this year and it'll be easy with you know the two of you being the command is how it spreads like wildfire i find most often is it's an excuse for teams to use if they're not doing well yeah so like one team says one person will come back and be like this person's not calling their hits next thing you know someone else some other teams out there there's like oh that guy's not calling his hits like all of a sudden it just spreads and it's not necessarily like factual information it's just a reason for a team to be able to be like oh that's why we didn't take that objective these people are cheating and and it's just it's one of those things that will never leave the sport. It's always going to be part of it. And I think just as a group and as a community, we have to try and just evolve through it and find ways to navigate it in a way that it doesn't ruin the entire experience for all of us. Yep. Right. Well, guys, I think that about wraps it up. It's been a good show. Now, is there any secrets you guys want to tell live on air that would be about the game? You guys want to give out any game plans? No game plans? Just uh, expect a good game. Um, <laughs> that's about it on yeah. our end. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. It should yeah. be a good time. It is going to be a good time. Uh, are both of you going to be up there the Friday night? Always. Always. Yeah. I mean, you're a sponsor like yeah. us, right? So we're going to have oh, booths yeah. up there Friday, so we'll be there all day. Yeah, I'll be up Booth there. buddies. Yeah. I'll be up there Friday, too, so uh, I'll be wandering around. I don't know exactly how I'm going to operate uh, – the show's going on there. If I'm going to do something during game, if I'm just going to do before. Um, they should come out and do interviews and CPs and stuff, right? So, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So now that I have all this technology, thank you to both of you and my other sponsors, um, I will be able to do some recordings on my phone and transfer everything right over just through the machine. So it makes things very easy to do. Um, so I'm really, I'm looking forward to what we're able to pull off. Um, I've seen really cool things in the past on like YouTube of people doing like news style recordings. Like there's a person like going around like a UN outfit. I think that's great. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of gunfights, like she'd be running up to someone in the middle of a yeah. gunfight, conquering down on video. Like, yeah, tell me what's going on in the front here. Right. Like, seen so many awesome. cool things like that. And 
the benefit of me being a game host is I, I can do that. What's going to be hard about it, and I hope the community kind of like is all for it, is sometimes teams can say like it, it's a bit of a, a negative, has negative effects on them, like coming up and like distracting players in gunfights. So well, I've, I've heard that complaint before. I mean, so, you've played a lot. Like, I've you, played, you know the difference between something that's, an, like, that's a key moment and something yeah. that's just one of the gunfights yeah, happening, no, absolutely. right? And for the most part, those people in those gunfights want that recording. They want to hear themselves later. Like, yeah, for sure. Every Airsoft player wants to be seen in some aspect. Uh, so, anyways, guys, thanks a lot. Is there anything in closing you guys want? Looking forward to Nightfall. Nice. Same here. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, as we wrap it up, I'm going to try to not screw up the saying. As always, it's, I almost right off the start, screwed up like right away, not even the first word. It's community over conflict, content over competition. No. I like it. Shit. <laughs> Come on. God damn it, Mitch. One of these times. It's community over, no. Where's Karen when you need her? I should write, instead of just C's, maybe I'll just cut all this out. Was it? Was it, it was content over conflict, community over competition. There we go. I got it right. I got it right. There we go. There's too many C's. Anyways, guys, have a great fucking day. <laughs>